I feel like looking back on it, it frustrates me. But then I'm also like, hey, you kind of put him in an unfair situation. Right. Or basically setting him up to fail. Right, exactly. Because he does not have that ability. Ability. <laughs> and then we're mad at him. Right. Because he can't chill out. So it's a constant. It's a vicious cycle of expectation versus <sighs> reality. reality. This is episode five expectation versus reality. Hey, babe. Hey. Nice to see you. You and your cold feet. Cold feet. I have a not your father's ginger ale because it's spiked. These are dangerous, though. You can't taste the alcohol. So yeah. It's just like, whoa, this is good. So boom, 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 boom. From 2015, I presume. Probably. It's been in the fridge for a couple Christmases, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can really hear the fan. It's so hot in here. It's still at good. like. Three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, God, the sun hits the garage perfect. Spring has sprung. And in <sighs> LA, that means it's basically summer. Forgive the fan noise. I'll try to k- clean it up as much as I can. I hate summer. Well, spring. Spring. Spring, spring break. Yeah, spring <clears throat> break. That was a tough one. It was tough. I mean, it wasn't as tough as many. Oh, hi. It wasn't as tough as other spring breaks. Right. Better than most. Yeah. Um, but I I also realized that was because I just gave it, gave Stevie my all. Yeah. Like, he had 100% of my attention. And as soon as I couldn't give him that on, like, Thursday afternoon. Boom. Shit blew up. Yeah. So, we survived. So, why was spring break so difficult? I mean... Like I said, he was fine until I couldn't give him 100% of myself. Right. And then he didn't like that. And then he didn't like that. He likes my all-encompassing attention. Right. And then which we... Which is exhausting for me as an introvert. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's hard. But then we went to Palm Springs and... And it was fun. We were there for like a day and a half. And it, overall, it was a fun trip. But he just has such a difficult time... Like chilling out. Chilling out. That's it. We're like in a new place with people that we don't always hang out with. And so he wants to go give everybody like the 20 questions rundown. I mean, like he just has his list of questions that he has to get through. And people are in Palm Springs to literally sit by the pool and do nothing. And then in comes Stevie and he wants to Uh, talk. Interrogate interrogate yeah he's an interrogator that's exactly the right word for it and so while the other people there i don't know if it bothered them or not but to me i'm like please stop bugging people stop asking people questions they're here to relax they don't want to answer your questions please just go swim and like keep to yourself, which he absolutely cannot do. Has no concept of that. Then I get frustrated. I'm like all tense because he won't leave people alone. And I'm like, Stevie, 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 leave people alone. Don't bug. And then I feel like looking back on it, it frustrates me. But then I'm also like, Hey, you kind of put him in an unfair situation. Right. We had a, we had a, we had a discussion about it. Huge discussion about this. Yeah. When we take him somewhere where everyone's chilling, 
were basically setting him up to fail. Right, exactly. Because he does not have that... Ability. Ability. <laughs> and then we're mad at him. Right. Because he can't chill out. So it's a constant... It's a vicious cycle of expectation versus... <sighs> reality. Reality. And, like, how do you get through that? I... Why, why do we always expect him to conform... And be like normal. And be a normal, quote unquote, normal mm-hmm. person when that's just who he is. And why are, why do we keep forcing a square peg into a round hole? I don't know. And it feels like something that I've been like trying to learn or trying to be taught again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't got it through my thick head. Right. It's like we have this expectation of. I don't know. It's really unfair to him. Yeah, We totally. throw him into a situation. And then it's, you know what the other thing that's unfair to him is? People see us get annoyed with him. They're like, Stevie, stop bugging people. Stop bugging people. Stop bugging people. And it kind of gives other people permission to be annoyed with him, too. Absolutely. Because, like, look, his parents are, like, telling him to stop asking me questions, so he should stop. And, like, you know, and so it just goes round and round and round when he just can't. Stop being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so terrible to say, but it's true. Yeah. He, by all typical standards or like social standards, is a little obnoxious and a little overwhelming and a little like he's just in there. He wants to be your friend and talk and talk about cars yeah. and talk about stuff that's interesting to him while his other people are just like. Yeah, that's that's cute. Yeah, it's cute the for, first time. For like 20 minutes, yeah, 10 and minutes, now can and we then please be done? let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a real like emotional struggle on a daily. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Like I will go from being so pissed at him while we're in Palm Springs to going home that night and like crying my eyes out because I'm like, I'm such a dick to my kid. Like, mm-hmm. why did I put him in that situation and expect him to be successful? Yeah. It's just, it's brutal. So in the moment, it's so hard not to be annoyed. And then after the fact, it's like, yeah, you really didn't like set that up properly. Totally. So a couple of things we talked about was like, how do we handle it differently in the future? So like, for instance, if there's a trip with all adults and Stevie, maybe he doesn't come. He should not be there. He can stay at grandma's house and he will be super pumped. Yeah. He'll be amped on that. And so for us, it's just like reading those cues, understanding what the situation's going to be. You know, if it's a two night trip, maybe we just go for the day because that's about it. Like he would have done great if we just went, swam, had some cake and peaced out. Right. Yeah. He would have been fine. But we were there for two nights and it was just. He had every opportunity to drive everybody crazy. Yeah. Mostly me. But he, you know, what's here's what's terrible and sad, and that I think what makes it difficult, he's not a bad kid. Not at all. He's so well behaved. He's very well behaved. He's just a very, very sweet kid who has all the best intentions. And just doesn't get the social cues. He doesn't like, get social cues. And and by most standards, you would go, you know, oh, I wish. My kid was more social, you know. Sure. 
especially with adults, like he's super social with adults. Like he is just all about adults. Yeah. So I think that's like the real, that's the difficult part of the whole thing is constantly that tug and pull of like how much is too much and, you know, or like who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Like how do we let go of like, Hey, you invited us here. You know, Stevie. Yeah. This is who he is. <laughs> and we should, let's not, let's stop apologizing for, for who, who he, he is. is. Yeah. Would we do that with other kids? I don't know. Probably. I think all parents do it, but it's just, it's a different level. Everything special needs is like the same as every other kid and parent just on like a different level. Yeah. It's the same, just a little elevated struggle. So I don't know. Yeah. There was a lot of things I felt like I could have done differently. Once I started drinking, I was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I had some rosé and then it was like, okay, let's just go swimming. Yeah. But I want to know how other parents, especially parents with special needs approach something like this. And I know everybody has a completely different situation. Um, to vary. Yeah, like, do you take your kids on trips with you? Do you guys travel? What do you do if your kid is annoying other people? That kind of thing. Or, or maybe they're not annoying. Maybe they're just distracting. Maybe, maybe they have other quirks and things going on where they they create distractions and where people just can't relax and sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I know a lot of families that just don't travel, which has never been my, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never just been like, well, we're just not going. I don't think that serves him. And that's the problem. It's like, yes, there's plenty of times where we go on vacation without him. I mean, plenty of, yeah. Yeah. But most things I take, I take him. Yeah. You know, we've, we've done but yeah, we've we, done grown up. We trips. do a fair share mm-hmm. of our own grown up trips. Yes. More than I would say a lot of parents. Sure. There's and a we lot even of parents. do trips separately. So Paul will do like a guy's trip, I'll do a girl's trips, just so we can kind of get, you know, out of the sure. zone here. I just think it's I've always felt it's important to expose him to things and to give him the opportunities to see everything that any other kid would see. And while it's been insanely difficult and most even day trips, I come home in tears because it didn't go the way that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I see things now that he's eight are becoming a little easier. Like I took him on during spring break on the train to Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. He asked me, what time is it? About 14,000 times. But other than that, it was a pretty good day. There was no like meltdown in the middle of the train tracks, or, you know, <laughs> like, which is, I mean, like I would not have put that past him two yeah. years ago. Um, and so it's been a lot of work and a lot of frustration and a lot of let down and a lot of like, why do I even bother with this? Mm-hmm. But I feel like in tiny little ways, it's starting to pay off. Totally. So Palm Springs may have not been a payoff right now, but maybe Palm Springs in Next two years year, will yeah. be like, thank God we took him that first time so he could get the idea, you know, mm-hmm. and now he gets it. Totally. I mean, we don't know. 
but there's all we're always putting in that effort to try and expose them to as much as possible. 100%. I don't think every family has that opportunity either. Mm-hmm. I know there are some kids that get so whacked out when they're like off their routine mm-hmm. that it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I totally respect that. For Stevie, I've always kind of pushed it and just been prepared. I mean, I don't even know if I've been prepared, but I've just been let down and just gone, well, that was a shit day and we'll try again next right. time. He's all about exposure therapy. I think so, yeah. It's like we did Disney World in September, and for the first four and a half days, it was torture. <laughs> and then once he got used to the chaos that's Disney Disney yeah. World, that by the end of the fourth day or the end of the fifth mm-hmm. day at, in the evening or whatever it was, while you were working, I took him on the fastest ride there, and he was scared uh, out of his mine and loved it and then he wanted to go again and we went again and then he wanted to do the other rides and then finally like on our last day there literally before we went on the plane got on the plane and left it was like the best day it was our best day of the of the week and he wanted to go on all the fast rides and he wanted to do all of it and we had a great time yeah but it took five days of torture five days of torture to get to those like six hours of fun totally and in like six prior years of going to disneyland and and failure yeah you know and and for a while we just stopped even going to disneyland with him because it, it wasn't fun no it was horrible Except yeah. for the few times we went with our friends. With, yeah, yeah. with He's great with kids, you know. Yeah, he's good with kids. other kids. And so, so that was kind of what we But not going on rides. No, no, no. And we kind of came to that conclusion that, you know, like, if we're going to do these kind of trips, then maybe we just give him more of a fair opportunity and either don't take him or make sure other kids his age are going to be there that mm-hmm. know him and can tolerate. Totally. You know, and so we have to be more mindful of that sort of thing. Because now he's getting to an age, too, where I think he understands a little more when he's being annoying and I don't want to permanently scar him by constantly telling him that he's being annoying or that other kids think he's being annoying, you know? And so it's like, you kind of got to find the kids who get him and just kind of can tolerate it for Mm -hmm. a little while. Yeah. But is that so bad? I guess it's important to know that you're annoying. I think one time my dad told me I was being obnoxious and I didn't know, I didn't know what the word meant. Uh-huh. I, I knew it was not, not, it wasn't a negative thing. Yeah. I, I think I'm still obnoxious. I, I think I was obnoxious, think obnoxious through most of my twenties. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think I'm less obnoxious now, but you're not obnoxious. I don't okay. think you were ever obnoxious. partially obnoxious. I don't know. Whatever it is. I, it didn't scar me for life. No, that's I, true. I, I think it's like, I think our kid, he is smart enough to know what's proper behavior and what's okay. not proper behavior. To an extent. Because yes. it'll be like, mom, I want to go for a walk. And I'm like, don't nag me about it and I'll take you. And so every five minutes or so, he'll be like, I want to go for a walk. Yeah, he thinks by whispering. Yeah, he thinks by like whispering, he's not annoying me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the same. Yeah, but yeah, you're still bothering. I, you're still bothering. But um, yeah, I, I guess to some extent, I do. I do kind of find it important for him to know what's appropriate and what's not. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it is just a constant struggle of like knowing what situations are okay, what situations aren't, when we want to push him, when we want to don't. When we don't want to push, him, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, 
it's something that is on my brain. I mean, all the time. Yeah. So I want him to be successful, but I also don't want to just coddle him and do every everything that makes Stevie happy. No, because, because what is life? <laughs> today was one of the first days mm-hmm. where he put his socks and shoes on complete 99% by himself. Yeah. And had it not been for basically all of your pushing. Well, yours too. I mean, yeah, it's a constant. Sure. Every single day he has to but put like, socks and shoes on. I, I helped him, you know, I helped him get through the shoe thing, but the sock thing was 100%. Felt like another level. I was like, I don't, I don't care. He can go sockless. He can't go shoeless. He can go sockless. <laughs> can go sockless. It's true. Yeah. So you were the sock guru. And don't you feel like we've been working on socks and shoes for legitimately like every single day for like two years? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And today he did it. So it's. And did it so good. He did it so good. And it's just persistence consistency consistency and it freaking sucks sometimes like there are there were plenty of days where i was like i don't want to fight with you about the socks so let me just do it really quick and yeah. it's over in in three seconds versus five minutes of fighting over the socks so mm. there are plenty of days where i was like i'm just not doing it today but over the long haul i made him try more than i didn't mm-hmm. and so it i guess something clicked yeah Hopefully we'll see how he does tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. consistency, not perfection. Yeah. I think that's important to remember. It's hard for me to remember. It's tricky with him because on, on certain levels, he's going to do things I in his own time. I think that's a hard thing to remember too. Um, so it's, it's like sometimes you seem so typical and, on. Then, and, and on and like you get it and, and all that stuff. And then other times it's like, We've gone over this. Like It's like really hard to know where to place your expectations with him mm-hmm. because some days That's he's it. on, some days he's on and he gets it. And other days he's not on an alien and he's like from another planet. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, and you just, it's hard to be really understanding on those days because you want him to be successful and you want him to learn and you want him to do great things. And when you see him acting like he doesn't know what's going on, it's like, why are you acting like this? Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not an act. I mean, he's really just not processing. focused and processing. Yeah. And so it's really hard to remember that on those hard days. Yeah. You just want him to be Stevie. Yeah. Or not Stevie. <laughs> yeah, maybe not Stevie. Yeah, it's tough. And and I wonder, yeah, I, I'd like to know what other people struggle with in that respect. Just all kids or special needs kids in particular? I want to know what mostly what special needs families yeah. deal with. It's just such a, you know, whether whether you have a child who has autism or you have a mm-hmm. child with Down syndrome or you have a child with other developmental delays or whatever it might be, everybody is so different and has so many different uh, qualities and all that. Um, and we see it all the time with his classmates mm-hmm. and we see what the other parents struggle with. Um, and it's totally different. You know, totally. there's parents who come to school and their kid doesn't want to go to school. Yeah. We come to school and Stevie wants to go. We have never like had a... So excited. To so excited. And then we have other families there who who bring their kid and they, they don't talk. They can't move. They're in a wheelchair. And it's like, what are you... Like, your life is completely foreign to me. And I, I can't even begin to imagine 
your struggles are on a completely different scale than, than things that we struggle with, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really important to remember across the board is that we just don't know what other people struggle with. Mm -hmm. So I remember a time shortly after Stevie's second open heart surgery where I was just basically toe up of like a mess of emotions and, and, you know, just sleepless nights and dealing with all things that are a 10 month old plus health issues and an open heart surgery. And we had friends who had a baby and their baby had to be put, had jaundice and had to be put under the lights. And it was a big deal for them. And I was just like, are you serious? That's a big deal. Like my kid just had open heart surgery. Like you suck. I was so bitter that they were upset about that. And so it was a big eye opener for me to just take a step back and say, listen, your experience is yours. They have their own experience. And if your experience had been theirs, where it was like my baby had to go under the lights for jaundice, maybe that would have been a big deal to me. And Mm -hmm. maybe it would have been painful for me to see my baby in that, you know, whatever that little container is with the lights on. And so that moment for me was a huge wake up call that like everyone's journey is their own journey. And like, you can't judge someone else for feeling like they had a hard day when yours was harder because it was hard for them. Mm -hmm. Just like someone else is going to have a harder day than you. Mm -hmm. And you're feeling like my day was the worst. And then someone else is like, well, let me tell you about mine. You're like, well, shit. (laughs) Okay. You win. You know, we just can't, we just will never, I feel like if we're just way more understanding of each other's experiences and just know that each person's situation is their own situation and everyone has their own struggles. I think just generally in life, we can be kinder to each other and And like more understanding of what people are going through because you feel like you had a shit day, but somebody else had a shit day too. And like, that's okay. We all have our own freaking problems. Yeah. And you know, I think that's, that was a huge lesson for me as a special needs parent, because I thought, how could anybody's day be harder than mine was? But, but you know, there is always something. Our it kid, could our kid always, is still alive. It could always be worse. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes I wonder what the purpose is of like, what is my role as a parent, and what is the purpose of this? And like, I don't feel like I've learned anything. But I, if there's nothing else, I definitely have a greater compassion for other people's mm-hmm. experiences. Hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just really about being more compassionate with everybody, whether whether they have special needs or or not, you know. Yeah, give people the benefit of the doubt. We just don't see everything. Even, uh, you know, like people think they know people from Instagram or Facebook. It's like, you just don't see everything, though. Mm -hmm. So, and I know one of the things we've been talking about recently is like, Stevie's future and this is this is a topic for me that's like super emotional I do not go there often because it's so hard to think about Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna keep it on the lighter version Mm -hmm. so that I don't (laughs) just completely melt down Mm -hmm. but um you know I always think about the days when he was younger so right now we have a lot of family help which has been a huge huge benefit to our lives. Yeah. So Stevie has an aunt that takes him every Tuesday and takes him out to dinner. 
He has his grandparents on Paul's side close by so they can watch him kind of whenever we need, you know? And um, so it's been really a huge, uh, yeah, it's amazing. yeah, it's been a huge benefit to us. And um, just recently we started thinking about, it was after the Palm Springs trip that it was like, okay, if we're going to not take Stevie on trips, how do, how does this look right now? It's fine. Mm-hmm. He can stay with grandma and his aunt. I as, but I, okay. Yeah. Well, and as no, he gets bigger and people are not going to be around forever, mm-hmm. how is that going to look for us? Right. Well, I think that's always been a question that we've always wondered. You know, it's like when everyone's gone and when we're gone, then what? He then what? He doesn't yeah. have siblings. No. And he has other family and he has cousins and stuff, but most of them live far away or, you know, we're maybe not as close. And I would never expect any of his cousins to look out for him. Yeah, like how much responsibility are you going to put? How much responsibility can you put on somebody? And so it's like, what what does his life look like when he's in his 50s and 60s and we're not around? And it's not a fun place to travel. No, that's why I don't, I like can't talk about it. Yeah. It makes me sick yeah. to think about it. Because, because it, I just, yeah. I just don't know. Because for me, it, it's on multiple levels. It's like, well, who's going to manage his health care? Right. Finances. Finances. Who's going to, who's going to make sure that he yeah. wipes his butt properly? And eating. And, and eats properly. And I guess you can't, at the, I'm sure plenty of parents think of these things, but I also think that most people have the confidence to know that when this child leaves my house, they know how to wipe their butt. Right. There's a good possibility that they'll get married and have their own families. Exactly. And have their own kids. And Mm -hmm. right now it doesn't at all look like that is in his cards. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't look like that's in his future for having his own family. Well, he, I mean, we actually have to talk to him about that because if he did ever want kids, he has a 50% chance of passing down his syndrome to a yeah. child, which is not, especially in with the developmental delays and stuff. I mean, I know he's only eight, but I, as a very like self-aware and like totally normally developing human being can barely take care of a special sure. needs kid. And so you can't expect that he would be able to do that. Maybe he would do it better, but maybe he would. I don't know. <laughs> but it's not. But right now, it it's should safe to, not be. Yeah, it's safe to assume that he's not right. going to do it well. <laughs> yeah, and I know. Yeah, Paul and I recently did our like trust. will and trust and yeah. all that kind of stuff, and all I like all I remember about it is walking out of the meeting and going, "We can't ever die. We can never die." <laughs> What are we going to do? Because, yeah, of course, we have a place picked out for him and like a financial situation set up for him. But again, people are not going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really. It's so terrifying that I I it leaves me breathless to think about. It's just it's too hard. So um, that's been on our mind a lot lately. The I only, mean, always, but like, it's just, you just squish, you squish it, down. it down and hopefully you live into your nineties and oh my God. 
and I you just worry about what you can control that day. But true. oh my gosh, like when I start thinking about this stuff, it just sends me in a tailspin. Yeah. I think the only thing that gives me solace when thinking about that is whether you have a kid with special needs or you have a completely typical, yeah, typically developing mm-hmm. child, you have no idea in the world what are in the cards for that kid. That's absolutely true. And so that kid may turn to drugs and be a total junkie. Yeah, they can suffer from mental illness. They can They're, have mental illness. I mean, there's accidents. Like There's a whole host of horrible things that a completely fine and smart child will grow up being that will completely blindside you. And so at least... Who came up with this topic? This is horrible. This is horrendous. (laughs) But I guess the point is, is look, at least we've been thinking about it for a long enough time that we are setting him up for hopefully, you know, not failure. Right. Some success and semblance. And, you know, I know the one thing that brought me a lot of comfort when Paul brought it up was like, okay, so let's say he never gets married never has a job, never does all the typical things that people do. How many people do you know, like our age, that are like legitimately 100% happy, love their jobs, love their families, love everything they're doing? There's not a lot. No. So if he maybe doesn't take this typical path, but he's happy, mm-hmm. then who gives a fuck? Let him be happy, right? And That's so... A- I mean, that's brought me a lot of comfort too. just thinking like he might not do things the way everybody else does it, but he is a happy soul and he has a good heart and he may just be a happy person. He might work just an average job somewhere doing average things and be totally content. Yeah, if he enjoys that and doesn't feel that need to like keep up with the Joneses or be like an Instagram superstar, like, okay. Cool. That's fine. As long as he's taking care. I mean, I think him being taken care of is a bigger concern in the long run. But mm-hmm. if we can just raise him to be happy and mentally healthy to like. And good to other people. And be and good to it. other people. Then that's all. I mean, that's all any parent really wants. I think mm-hmm. deep down. Good God. I need uh. more beer. <laughs> this is the worst. Enough of that. Yeah, hopefully he's just happy. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So, it is. all right. Hey, if you like what you're watching, make sure you like, subscribe, and tell your friends. And also visit us at spousalsupportshow.com. Mm-hmm.